Peter chapter 1, precious promises given to the believers. 2 Peter chapter 1, the precious promises given to the believers. We find in verse number 1, Simon Peter, servant and an apostle of Yeshua HaMashiach, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of Yeshua and Anonai Yeshua HaMashiach, Christ the Lord, I will say you, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Christ our Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We give you praise and glory. We ask now that you just come in among us and teach us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let your power come forth. Let your wisdom come forth. Open our hearts, our spirits. Open our eyes, our mind to see, to hear, and to receive the engrafted word of God. We bless you, Father. We praise you now as thy servant's prayer. We ask it by faith in Christ Yeshua's name that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. We find the word of God talks to us today about the relationship that we should have as believers in Christ, our Lord and Savior. On Friday night, I was able to attend, me and a friend of mine went to the Black Theater Festival to watch one of the plays uh, that was going on, which is called Pooled. And this play, it talks about and demonstrates the livelihood and the way we as a people sometimes carry on. In watching and observing this musical, I saw several different behaviors that people have that can create a lot of problems for them because they feel like we don't have any problems once we come into the body of Christ. Everything is cool and calm and fine, and we have no further experiences. Everything is good. But in this particular play, we saw people's behavior where they had had issues in their lives for years that they hadn't let go. One girl was angry because her mother had been sick and she was wishing. And she kept saying, is it bad for me to wish that my mother would just die early? And she kept saying that throughout the play. And another fellow had been molested by his family and father and some of his friends. And he kept that particular hurt within his heart for years. But in the midst of all of this, there was a pool down at the bottom of this place. And at this pool was the place to go and relieve yourself of all of those troubles and problems. All of the things that you had experienced that God had already forgiven you for and those in the play for, but nevertheless, they still harbored those feelings of unassurance. And God don't want us walking around unassured of our salvation. He wants us to be perfectly clear that we are guaranteed salvation. And if you watch and observe this particular play, it's gone now, but it was out, it was the Black Testament Theater was here all week last week, so I finally got a chance to attend Friday. But if you observe and watch, there is so much you can learn from simply watching a play. Just like we watch TV and get all of the mysteries solved before the program is over, before it even happens. Some of us have that insight. We know what's going to happen before it happens. And we tell people, and they say, be quiet, I want to see the movie. But in life, 
our lives sometimes play out like movies. We have experiences that we would really say this need to be on film so somebody can see it and, and have sympathy for me. But that's not necessarily all that goes on in life. The reality is we all have situations and things that occur or that have happened in our lives that we need to release at the pool. We need to go down to the pool and dip ourselves in the water and say, Father, release me of these things. You have forgiven me, but I am still harboring them. They're still keeping me from being all I can be for the kingdom of God. Look at verse number one. Peter, the servant, and first of all, Peter is uh, the, the, the apostle of God, but he introduces himself as Simon Peter. And then he says, not only was he Simon Peter, but he was an apostle of Christ Yeshua. So Peter tells them, first of all, I am Simon. So he remembers as he moves forward in his ministry that, first of all, when Christ changed his name, he was called Simon, which means leafy or wavy. But he remembers that and he didn't want to forget the change that he had experienced. So he kept Simon, even though Christ changed it to Peter. So when sometime when we are experiencing and going through things and God change us, we tend to want to hold on to something. But the holding on is not necessarily because of the past experience, but it reminds us that God has delivered us from whatever it is that we were experiencing or going through. And because of that, we have that handle just to remind me that God has delivered me from that state, from that position, from that hurt from that, uh, that persecution, from that trouble, that problem. God has delivered me and because he has delivered me, I am set free. Peter goes on and tells them, he says, to those of them that have obtained the precious faith with us through righteousness in Christ and on our Savior. He says, I'm writing this letter to the Christian body to let you know that just like Christ had given it to us, so we still had it. And he said, I don't want there to be any question in your life about your faith, about your trust in God, and about your eternal promise of salvation. Yeah. Verse 2 says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, or through the knowledge of God, Christ Yeshua. Remember, he's the same person. God is Christ Yeshua. He said, I don't want there to be any miscommunication. He said, this happens through the knowledge of God. See, it is through the development and the growth in the body of Christ that we are able to identify with the divine nature of Christ, our Lord and Savior. See, see what is Peter saying here? Peter's telling us. He said, there is something that Christ wants you to receive and not to fear or worry about your eternal promise of salvation. When you come to church on Sunday, we encourage, uplift, and inspire you. But when you come to church on Wednesday, we break it down and feed it to you. So it will carry you through the week. The word of God, the truth of God. Remember, Christ was truth himself in the earth, according to John's writings. Let's look a little bit further here. In verse 3 says, as he has given unto us all things that pertaineth unto the power of God, to life and the fear of God through the knowledge of him that is called to us to glory and virtue. 
They see Christ has called us to glory. Christ has called us to virtue. So we must what? Wear these mantles of blessings with the presence and the power of God upon us, knowing that we are secured in our relationship and our walk with God. Because what? Christ did it for us on Calvary, and because he did it for us on Calvary, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry about. Sometimes we let little things aggravate us. Sometimes we're concerned about how this is going to work out or how that's going to work out. He said, what? Give it to God and, and then release it and let it go. Don't let anxiety and worry and aggravation take over your ability to focus on Christ and the truth of his word. If you walk in the truth of God's word, you have nothing to worry about. That's why Christ came, so that we can walk in the truth of his word. As we walk in the truth of his word and follow the principles that he's given unto us in the word of God and in the scripture, we have absolutely nothing to worry about. We must know that authentic knowledge of God in Christ is to be contained in God. So that's where our focus should be. That's where the word of God is contained in the truth of the word of God. Knowing Christ is the foundation of our faith. See, you can be a child of God, but you can accept Christ as Lord and Savior. You can believe that he is God's son. But for whatever reason, you don't believe the truth of God's word. You have rejected him. See, the Jews, they believe he's who he said he is, but they don't believe he is God himself. They believe that God is somebody different. And that's the problem they have. We have to receive Christ as God incarnated in the earth. He is the savior of the entire world. Every man that comes to the father must come through Christ. Romans tells us in 10 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word builds, increases us in faith. It is by the word of God. When you're down and out, look into the word. Ask God's father, show me in the word how to deal with this issue or this problem. Whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, the answer is in the word of God. It's like a mathematical equation. No matter what the equation is or what the numbers are, the answer is always in the numbers. The answer to whatever you're experiencing is in God's word. You just need to read the word and apply the principles of the word to your life and speak it. Speak what the word says about your circumstance or your situation. Oh, look at the problem. If you're looking at the problem, guess what? It's going to always be there. If you're sick and that sickness continues to beat you down, it's because you're focusing on the sickness. The Lord, your word says, I, I walk in health. I am delivered. I have victory. By your stripes, I'm healed. Speak that. Don't worry about what you feel like. Don't worry about how it, how it looks. Just keep speaking the word. Keep saying life. Speak life, speak life, speak health, speak deliverance, speak victory to your situation. And it will manifest. You have to call the things that are not as though they are. And when you do, God gives you liberty and victory to overcome whatever you are experiencing and going through. Make your calling and election sure in God. How do we obtain these precious promises that God is talking to us? How do we get to this place where we are able to identify with the divine nature of Christ Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. Look at verse number four. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises. Now he gives us these promises so that this is how we identify these are the virtues that must manifest and come forth in our lives as believers for the assurance that we are walking in the divine nature of Christ right here in the earth right now. That by these ye might partake of the nature of Christ Yeshua our Lord and Savior and have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5 says, and beside this, giving all diligence. What is diligence? It is the ability to work through whatever you're experiencing. Using the word of God. Increasing in the power and the knowledge of God. You see, you've got to study the word. You've got to read the word. You can't put the Bible upside your head and say, Lord, fill me with knowledge. No, you've got to open the book and go to work. Diligently, continuously. Seeking God and trusting God to give you victory and liberty through what you're going through and what you are experiencing. He said, add to your faith virtue. Y'all know what virtue is. It's morally what is good, what is acceptable, what is righteous in the eyes of God. He said, let virtue be in your heart, in your life, in the way you behave have self-control and we all have to work on that one quite a bit he said but that is imperative to being able to have the divine nature of christ in the earth and to your virtue knowledge information right information the truth of god's word you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free you shall know the truth and the truth shall deliver you you shall know the truth and the truth shall inspire you. You shall know the truth and the truth will help you to grow. You shall know the truth and the truth will bring you joy. You shall know the truth and the truth will give you faith. You shall know the truth and the truth shall uplift you and give you encouragement and carry you through the next day and the next hour and the next second if you need. If you fall, get up. Don't lay there. Keep fighting. This demon on my back, I'm giving it to the Lord. I'm going to make it. I don't care what it takes. Because what? Christ has promised me that I can make it. He said to temperance, patience. Add to temperance. And then for temperance, add patience. We have to be patient. Yes. And wait on God. We have to trust God and rely upon him. We have to seek him for all things. But he says if we allow these principles to manifest these behaviors to come forth in our lives, then we are automatically walking in the divine nature of Christ right here in the earth. Verse number seven says, he says, and to patience, the fear of God. What is fear? It is reverence. It is respect. It is honor. It is calling God by who he is. To reverence God is not to, or to fear God is not to be afraid of God. He's not talking about that. He's talking about reverence, giving him praise, giving him glory, acknowledging that he is the supreme power in the earth and outside of the earth, that he is the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one. He is the benevolent, loving one. He is all things to all men at all times. And we have to reverence him in worship, in praise, in song and singing glory to his name. We must do that as believers in Christ. That's how we identify. See, Peter writes this letter just before he dies. And, 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 and Peter is crucified. But Peter recognized something. He recognized 
that he was not worthy to be crucified the way Christ was crucified. He realized that Christ had such more authority and superiority in the earth than he did. He wasn't, he didn't even want to be crucified. And if he said, if I got to be crucified, crucify me upside down. I'm not even worthy to be on the level of the Savior, of the God who created the heavens and the earth and came down to 42 generations as the Son of Man and gave his life for my sins and redeemed me. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be crucified as he was, but crucify me upside down. Christ had already said Peter was going to be crucified. He already told him he was, you boy, you're going to die a mortar. So Peter already knew. But when the time came and they decided how to do it, he said, no, I'm not worthy. Crucify me upside down. He knew he was going into the glories, into the eternities with Christ the Savior. He knew that there was nothing for him to worry about, nothing for him to have to be dependent upon. He knew who he was. The divine nature of God is the spiritual attributes of God, his spiritual nature, his righteous character, the righteousness of his nature, and the supernatural possibilities that we can only find in Christ, Lord, and our Lord and Savior. The divine attributes of God is his omnipotence, as I say it. Being all-powerful, his omnibenevolence, being holy, moral, and good, and his omniscience, being all-knowing. God knows all. He hears all. He sees all. He will move on those things if we give him trust and we put our faith and assurance in him. Christ lived out the characteristics that we are talking about today in his physical life on the earth. See, Peter was the what? Eyewitness. Peter walked with Christ. He, he was with him all of his earthly ministry. From the time Christ called Peter to the time Christ died, Peter was there with Christ. So he can write this and say, look, just before I go, let me remind you Christians of how you need to walk and how you need to talk and how you need to live and how you need to be in order to receive the divine nature and know that for sure you have nothing to worry about. When you leave this earth, you're going straight into the glories with Christ. You're going straight into the glories with our eternal Savior because in him we find liberty and victory. In him we find peace that passeth all understanding. There is nothing in this world that we should be worried about. There is nothing in this world that we should have, have a care about other than a relationship with Christ and living for him, for those around us and sharing the message of truth. Remember, it is the faith and the truth of God in Christ that we must have in order to receive the divine nature of Christ. He said, I want you to have it. I want it to be a part of your life. I want you not to worry about when you leave this world where you're going. No matter what happened. No matter what your experience was. If you've asked God for forgiveness, guess what? He has forgiven you. There's only one sin that there is never forgiveness for, and don't ever forget this, and that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Everything else, no matter what it was, you can be forgiven. God will forgive you for it. Remember when Moses was trying to get Israel and get them free, and the first thing he did when he was so angry with the Egyptians is he killed one. God forgave him. He still let him be the leader 
and bring Israel out of Egypt. Even though he made such a critical error in his judgment and thinking while he was trying to get them to that place of the promised land, God forgave him. God told David to take out Goliath. God forgave him. Whenever we make a mistake, God is a God of forgiveness and he will forgive you. So the next time the devil tries to tell you about what you have done, you tell him about what God has already done to him and placed him in hell for eternity. That's how you overcome the devil. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. That you are already defeated, that you're already lost, that we won the war, we have the victory. We walk in our conquering power existence in Christ our Lord and Savior he says keep your faith and trust in God and allow God to do it for you then he says to fear brotherly kindness be kind one to another that's why I encourage people to come to fellowship so we can fellowship with one another and the love of God can move from heart to heart and breast to breast throughout the fellowship he says do not neglect the what the, the assembly of yourselves he said come to fellowship you may not understand everything that's going on, but come anyway. You may not feel like, like, like you feel like you should feel, but come anyway. God will remove all of the burdens. He will lift all of the problems off of your heart. He will give you a rejoicing spirit. And you got to be out here feeling like a brand new person. Don't forget the devil will be standing at the door waiting on you too. Walk in the house and the dogs start acting crazy. He tells us to brotherly kindness... Brotherly love. What's that word? That's an agape in the Greek. Agape love. Love one for another in the fellowship of God's people. And for these things, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ Yeshua our Lord. He said, you won't be barren. You'll be fruitful because you have all of these different blessings of God. All of these virtues. All of these promises of God manifesting in your life night and day and when they manifest in your life you grow more and more and the power and the presence of God continue to exist and move forward in your life may God bless you this morning may heaven smile upon you let us stand for a word of prayer Heavenly Father we come this morning to bless you to praise you for this message we ask now that you just minister to us and through us use us for your glory use us for your power let the word of God be rich in our lives, in our hearts, and in our spirits this morning. Move, Father, for we need you each and every day and every hour. We bless you for you are the God of eternity. You deserve all glory, all honor, and all praise. And we just magnify and fire your name. Take this message and let it go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast sent it to us in the earth. We give you praise and glory that we have the divine nature of Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that we have the promise of eternal life through Christ as we live daily and put our faith and trust in him and also trust in his word and believe it that you have given it unto us. That we may be, have victory in this life. These blessings and prayers we ask by faith, decree and declare it, and believe it is done for us. In Christ Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.